0: Welcome to The Gabby Ree Show, where everything is an experiment. Hi, everyone. Given that it is the holidays, I just thought maybe it was a good time to do a solo podcast and kind of, I don't want to say be philosophical about health because I really think health is, you know, we try to talk a lot about the science of things to convince people (laughs) why they should take care of themselves. But then you realize, I've realized, that you do have to have kind of a philosophical approach to it because when the science isn't landing, it's, you know, connecting with your why or your why not. It's just going to be a combination as we're sort of in this time during the holidays in between. And it's colder, the days are shorter, but we're moving into the new year. So, you know, the, the kind of hope of possible changes or reinvigorated commitments and I just thought we'd kind of move through the different buckets of health and, and maybe look at them separately and then how they sort of function together but just starting with the breath and breath work I am going to be the first person to admit that I'm guilty of not practicing enough breathing I probably breathe relatively properly throughout my day which simply means I'm nasal breathing But unlike Laird, for example, who will do breathing sessions and really dynamic breathing, I oftentimes don't get to that. So when it comes to breathing is, let's say you're new to a practice, I would try to experiment and practice with breathing and different types of breathing, using breathing to downregulate. so longer exhale than inhale, box breathing, breath holds, you know, even see how you can do it during your physical practices and offload your CO2 you know a lot of times the pool training has taught me that the first thing I do when I come out from a lot of drills is just big giant and Laird uses the back of his throat I and anyone who's ever worked with me in the pool knows I I kind of put my my mouth together and actually push from the back of my teeth to get rid of the CO2 so it has like kind of a shh sound because if we just blow out like we can't really get it out from that deep way. So let's let's say you're in a sport where you have like quick bursts and, sp- and sprints. If you can do a quick shh or Laird will really blow from the back of his throat. Get that CO2 out and then get nice long deep breaths in. Now, if you're sprinting, you're gonna mouth breathe, but pretty much everywhere else, for the most part, if we can, it's keeping the jaw and the mouth closed and really getting those long, full, deep inhales and exhales. And, you know, I read something, maybe it was in James Nestor's book, or I can't remember, or Patrick McCune where people are taking anywhere from like sort of 10 to 13 breaths per minute. And really, if we can get to three to five, long and slow. And so we're not stressed out either. I'm not going to belabor, there's so much science around breathing, I, I would direct people, a lot of people love Wim Hof for kind of a real breakdown of what's going on. I think Patrick McEwen does a beautiful job. I think James Nestor's book of Breathe is really entertaining and informative. So there's a lot of information out there, but just those simple things, long exhale. So maybe six seconds in, eight seconds out, if you can get to that, that's really seems to help. And I'm guilty of holding my breath. I'm guilty of not using my breath sometimes as a tool. I will say this, and I'm not being selly, XPT does have an app. So if you say, hey, listen, I can't get to it myself. We have guided breathing sessions for whatever time amount of time you have and also who you're in the mood for. So if you want to listen to PJ Nestler or Laird or myself, if you have a lot of time, if you have very little time, they've done an excellent job of putting together a curriculum and they can lead you through it. Or you can have a group of your friends and pop it on and let us do the work. But breathing, you know, what I love about it is <laughs> it's the essence of life and it's free and you can do it anywhere. So let's, if we can do that right, that's sort of a win for the day. Moving on to to exercise, to movement. I don't even want to call it exercise. I want to call it movement. I think with all of these buckets, one is we have to have a sense of humor because It's ridiculous in a certain way that we have to talk about it because maybe that just shows we just are living in a way that is so far from our natural selves that we're having to relearn some things that were either intuitive or built into our lifestyles or other, but it is what it is. And I'm not going to approach any of this anymore like, oh, we have to do this and everyone's sick and every, you know, it's like, it is what it is. So maybe the first question would be, as you're sitting here in the transition and the the craziness of the holidays and between Thanksgiving and Christmas, why isn't it important? Why can't we collectively and individually get to a place that it is built into our lives, not perfectly, but it's there? What has happened to us individually and in our world of everything else is so much more important that we're not getting it done. And for me, I guess that's the biggest question. And I'm not sure why this was something that was important to me very early in my life. I think it had something to do with connecting it actually to being able to make good decisions and trying to kind of function in my life. I don't know that I equated it to longevity and the other part of it is, I think, and I've said this many times, when you are in athletics, you get injured. And I think that touch, that taste of, oh, I can't do that, can connect you to really appreciating just how basic health. I want to go back to, could you take this time right now? Let's say you, you've got it dialed in. So you, you're moving and you're eating pretty good and all these things. Great. How is your relationship with that stuff? Because then the flip side is, how, how do we not get crazy or obsessive? So in the movement part for me is, I think we should really work hard, like out of breath, at least a couple times a week. I don't think every training session has to be death defying. In fact, mine are not. I do train hard, but there are sessions where I'm just moving my body. I don't even necessarily want to. But I know if I spend the 30 or 45 minutes or 15 minutes, if that's what I have, just to move. So let's, let's start with a conviction of, or our own self-definition of, why is it important? What are your, your reasons? Once you can establish that, then you do have to have a strategy, if it's just kind of wake up each day and fall into movement, that's probably not going to happen. If you can have an overview of your week and sort of say, hey, I need to have time under tension, which means weight of some kind could be your body weight, but you have to be really talented and really strong to actually move your own body weight and you know get some type of cardio. It doesn't mean everyday peloton or everyday treadmill for an hour. I don't. It, there has been no science that leads... To the fact that this is the way that it ma- you know benefits us in the maximum way. So I think it would actually even better. Like if you can occasionally, if you are let's say on a treadmill, do do twenty minutes, but then sort of every maybe ninety seconds or every on the minutes sprint for fifteen or twenty seconds. So change it up, have a strategy. Say okay, I'm going to try to get something done, or I will get something done five to six days a week. And this is baseline. If you're in high performance, obviously it looks really different. Time under tension, lift weights. If you're a female, even more important, so important. To don't be afraid of weights. Cardio, I believe getting outside because there's something reorienting, recentering when people talk about meditation. So there if you can get outside, I I think that the return is like threefold. And do what you like. Like if you're like, hey, I like yoga, I like pilates, I like, you know, I like classes. I don't like classes. I like to hike in the mountains. I don't think it matters. I think having a strategy, having something you can do consistently, but mixing it up, I think is so important. I'm not going to get into like types of training or fast twitch or slow twitch or, you know, cycled training, stack training. I mean, it just goes on and on. This is like Let's get back to the basics just for a second, because if you're listening to this, most likely you are in the midst of the chaos that is the holidays. And so I think that's the other part of this is we make it also sometimes too complicated. Imagine that. Nutrition. It was interesting. I had a work appearance yesterday, and there was a woman who confession I eat a high quality animal protein um, not a ton of ton of it I feel good when I eat it however she was a vegan or a vegetarian and it was really interesting how quickly people can we can all jump on these wagons about how we're supposed to do it I actually think we should change it up I think we should or we should eat more seasonally I remember one time calling Paul check and at that time he was going vegan because his body said that that's what he needed, then he, if you talk to him a year or two later, he might be integrating certain forms of protein into his diet. So let's say, who are you? Know who you are, what feels good to you, and then eat real food. I mean, the fact, and again, this is having the sense of humor, the fact that, you know, I had uh, Benjamin Bickman on the podcast talking about, you know, if it's in a bag, Uh, or a box, or it has a barcode, it's probably not the best. We know this, and the reason I bring up yesterday talking in this is I was talking to this woman and her husband was there, and you can feel the resistance. People don't want to change their lifestyle. It is a hassle, right? To cut your own vegetables, to make your own food, yep, takes more work, and it does cost more. I think there's a way to do it, and I'm sensitive to it, that you can make it feasible, but it takes more effort. So this circles me back to what's holding us back from making that investment in time. I sometimes think we busy it with, shop around the outside of the grocery store and here's all the tricks and all these things. But within ourselves, I, I do think a lot of us know, but I we're just, we haven't come to the place that it's more important. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to lie, I don't, you know, every night it's like a dinner, I just, But I don't, there's no alternative. I guess for me, that's it. It's like you put your kid in the car and they have, they're in the car seat or whatever. You go, "Uh," buckling them in is a pain in the ass. It is, but you're not going to not do it. And I think we have to buckle ourselves up a little better sometimes with our nutrition and our movement. And I'm not saying what you have to do. It's just, it doesn't seem to work the other way. I think with the nutrition, it's really understanding who you are. You're in the thick of it right now. So every dessert's coming at you, every finger food, overeating, drinking. I totally get it. So for me personally, during this time, I would say if you can survive it, if it's like, you know, the alcohol. And again, I'm I'm never popular for talking about alcohol. I don't care if people want to drink or not. But does it serve your health? It doesn't. So and it also leads to a lot of weird eating, right? You're like, oh, that looks good. And so if somehow you could sort of stack it out a little bit during the holidays, like, hey, that party, that party's going to be really fun. Do it then. But it does, you know, it doesn't have to be on all the days that end in Y that we're, we're drinking. So if you can have a strategy also about, you know, this holiday season and not wait till the new year. And I always say, say no when you can. Sometimes we eat things just because it's like a habit, but on the days that you can really be like, you know what? I don't really need to eat that. Try, just try and eat the real stuff first. So if they, if you have a plate of food, you know, if you are eating animal protein, um, eat that second, always eat your fiber first. If you can try to fill up, start to fill up on the good stuff. So that by the time you get around to some of the kind of more questionable things on your plate, you're already starting to get full. And I I do think that helps. So fiber, if you're eating animal protein, animal protein, and then, you know, a carbohydrate of sorts. I will say this, if you want to experiment with foregoing eating certain foods, try for a couple of weeks, you will find that you not only crave them less, you will actually be able to easily resist them later. I know it's hard to believe, it's true. But there's no big mystery. There's a million people out there talking about food and how to do it right. If you're a vegetarian, I would say, or vegan, some one person, I I like many people, um, I really like Simon Hill. He talks about kind of the ways to eat and it's a really intelligent and, you know, sort of a performance element to it. But listen to your own body. No one can know but you what what feels good. But I I would be careful with being, people get very dogmatic about it. I think that that sometimes can be a tricky place. Community and purpose. I don't know, is this more important than movement and food? Maybe. Purpose. I think this idea of connecting with ourselves, with the people around us, which takes effort but also figuring how we want to contribute into the world doesn't have to be on a big scale. It could be at this moment in your life, you're serving your family. Guess what? That's huge. So I'm not talking about always things that take meetings or scheduling or websites or apps. It can be you're of service to just your neighborhood, or, you know, you, you have a way that you would like to express yourself or you have a skill set that is helpful or purposeful. I think this is really important. Um, Arthur C. Brooks wrote Strength to Strength. And if you listen to, I have a podcast that'll be coming out in the new year about a, somebody who runs the Harvard study. And over and over, it's like connection. It brings meaning and a sense of satisfaction, but also I think giving giving of yourself and who you are. And I think all of us feel like it's never good enough I, and I'm in the same boat. I mean, honestly, I go to places or I show up for work and I think, I don't even know why these people hire me, you know, like, what is it that I'm doing that they're hiring me? And, and you know, that imposter syndrome and all those things, that's totally normal you know, I'll even confess that there have been times where, let's say, for example, my career was more dynamic and active when I was younger and I was playing volleyball. And then it sort of shifted into so many different things that uh, I, you think, oh, that time is over or, um, you know, I'm, it's, I'm not relevant or whatever the, you know, the stuff is. And, and I, I've had these thoughts and you realize it's it's kind of baloney these are all seasons and phases of our life but we absolutely need to contribute and show up because all of us have something to offer and so i just want to re-encourage you to ask yourself what that is that you want to bring to the table and if you're if you're older and and you think oh well i don't yeah you have a lot to give, and you have uh, the opportunity to mentor people, even though it is a very changing world. So it's an interesting time where we also have to be open-minded to learning back on how things are in certain ways now, especially with technology. But absolutely, you will be able to mentor people and help other people. And I do think that's our part of our responsibility. And that's why I bring up Arthur's book, because he does talk about You know, different types of intelligence and times in our life to be doing certain things and other times to be doing other things. And doesn't mean that as you're mentoring, you can't be striving yourself. I'm not suggesting that. I I feel like I feel so strongly about striving, but there are so many opportunities to be there for somebody to help them or to support them or boost them. And it makes you feel good. It's very quiet. It's not that sexy. But I, I think it's the only real stuff that makes us feel deeply satisfied within. And um, I was doing an interview once saying, why is it that we have to hear over and over about, you know, this is how we'd actually feel happier, that our life would feel like it had real body to it, not just getting and money and attention. How come we, we can't hear that? There's millions of books that have been written and... Um, The person I was talking to said, you know, Gabby, that's how we gain wisdom. So I don't think it's about knowing it before you know it. I think it's about learning it for yourself and then putting it into play. So I just want to encourage you there that you can have, you can have more impact than you think. And by the way, even if it's in your home, on your block, just for your neighbor, that's valuable. It really is. So take the threads up when you can. If it's somebody, you know, needs an ear or you have an opportunity to be kind to somebody. I think sometimes with me, with my kids, sometimes I'm busy and I'm I'm trying to slow down and kind of make sure they feel heard and I'm connecting with them. Cause life is overwhelming, right? Stuff has to get done. People have to, we have to get places. And in that sometimes I, I feel like we're losing Just those small opportunities. And remember, this is just an overview for you to go back into your self, your life, and to move the pieces around the the way that it works for you. This is me not telling you what to do. That doesn't work. This podcast is brought to you by Ritual. I've personally been taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin since right when COVID hit. I was looking for something supportive and powerful. Someone suggested it to me and lo and behold, I I did some research and what I love about them is so women were kept out of research until 1993 by federal law and Ritual really knows how important women are, obviously, if you're going to be selling them vitamins, they're essential. And they conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their essential for Eight women 18 plus multivitamin to really assess its efficacy. So right there, I was intrigued and even more intrigued by the results. It increased vitamin D, which is what I was looking for, by levels up to 43% and omega-3 DHA, so important, levels by 41%. And that was just in 12 weeks. So they take the time and energy to figure out, hey, you know, does this work? And is it going to be good for these women? And not to mention that what they do is so smart. They they kind of hone in on nine key nutrients and they put it in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. So if you're going to spend the time and energy to really, you know, navigate taking supplements, everything is bioavailable. Your body can absorb it and don't know what to do. And it's really gentle on your on your stomach so you don't have to worry about like oh i have an empty stomach or after food or before food they just take away all of those pressure points and make it as easy as possible and give you comfort in knowing also that rituals multivitamins are vegan non-gmo project verified gluten and major allergen free they're a certified b corp and all of their ingredients are made traceable don't get me started on a nice little finished touch of the minty kind of aftertaste that they put in it. I mean, they've really thought about everything. So if, you've, if you're if you interested, if you're in need, no more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. You will get 25% off your first month at ritual.com gabby. If you wanna start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today, that's Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L, dot com slash Gabby to get twenty five percent off your first month. Sleep. You're definitely not getting enough sleep. I'm not getting enough sleep. It's everything. And we used to romanticize not getting sleep. That we didn't need sleep. We we need to get to bed, and whether we like it or not, we're connected to the sun. And I know we're all so smart, and we're you know we're on our devices, but it's it's true. And I if you feel silly wearing blue blocking lenses at you know at night, you know you want to have a certain obviously you want to have light, but it does. Impact your ability uh, for sleep and such. We have to find the way to get off of our screens. I'm guilty. Um, sometimes it's like the most, the only time I have just to kind of be entertained at night, just a 30 minute window. And sleep gets sleep. So if you can start to get to bed around the same time every night, your body will get ready and be ready. I think this is one of the things that's very, very helpful. Try to not eat. I know this is a hard one, but it's uh, Dr. Chukkan, uh, Robin Chukkan, uh, discusses that your, even your stomach has a, you know, it's kind of a circadian rhythm. If you can try to eat earlier, it will help you have a better night's sleep. So go to bed around the same time if you can, try to keep, the and this is like for most of the time, right? This. If you go out and have a great dinner with the friends and you're up late, so be it. I'm just saying when the times that you can control it. Food earlier, go to bed around the same time and see if you can avoid some of the screens. Make sure your room is nice and cool. You know, most of us get woken up because we overheat. And if you have annoying lights of any kind, you know, make your room a dark cave. I just think, we talk about it and we're interested in it, but we're not doing it enough. So let's see if we can get to get to get to bed. And if you're playing Santa Claus, I get it. It's hard. But still, that's only a certain time of the year. Stress. You know, stress is the one. You can be doing everything else perfect. And if you're completely stressed out all the time, it's not a wash, but it's the one thing that can bypass all the great habits and really do wreak havoc on our system. So I think, you know, the breathing practice, that's why I move. I'm a much nicer person. It, it's a funny thing how it works. And then if our nutrition's a little better, we get less of these spikes. We have more sustained energy. I just think if you ask, people ask me, oh, you, you're, you've done this for so long and how do you keep doing it? I'm doing it so that I can manage being a human being. I'm not trying to be uber high performance anymore or you know, hit anything hard or be able to compete and never be tired. This is about trying to show up in my life because I couldn't manage the stress internally without the support of eating well, getting some rest and moving my body and having some people that I connect with around me. There's absolutely no way. I'm, I've, I personally feel intense about everything and I want everything to get done. And I definitely could burn myself out from the inside out. So I use the breathing as a technique and I use all those other things to help me have stress. And then it's the learning, right? It's getting that input. You hear me talk about Byron Katie all the time, but it's getting that having that ability to have that 30,000 foot view instantly. Like, you know, you're diving in to the stress pool and you're ready to like, you know, tear someone a new one and you think, oh, this is the time I got to pull the ripcord and get that perspective. Cause that's all it is. It's so silly sometimes, most times I think about my problems and myself and all the urgency and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You're one of 7 billion people. And this is so important. And obviously having a little bit of experience helps, you know, like even being on the third kid and they go through stuff. Most times my reaction is less. There's days where I can bite the hook as good as anybody. I will share with you a parental story one day about, I think I did, uh, and pretty emphatically say, I wanted uh, one of my kids to shut the F up. I had really... <laughs> It's not a moment I'm proud of. I'm confessing it was the first time I'd done that in 27 years of being a parent. Was I more stressed out? I don't know. Um, It's possible and it's possible that I had heard enough. But anyway, I just want you to know that I blow it continuously, but these are the things that help me. Most of it's not worth it. If I could say that most of it doesn't really matter. And so the stress that we generate is so often put on by us. Real stress is somebody and I've, you know, who's a single mom and she's working two and three jobs. That's real and that's real life. Me having to get somewhere on time or there's so much, I have such a busy schedule. It's all bullshit put on there by me. So maybe it's, it's encouraging you to say, what could I do in the moment that I feel the stress coming? And what go-to plan do I have? Is it I go to breathe, I separate myself from people, I I go up and I take a look and I go, hey, everybody's healthy, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Have a strategy, have a go-to so that you're not just walking around reacting. How do you get that distance? Especially with your loved ones. You don't want to be saying mean stuff to your loved ones. I mean, occasionally your kids, but (laughs) I mean that. sex again these are very personal things but let's just talk about your sex hormones your hormone system if i i think getting your blood work done from you know once a year and maybe as you get older even twice a year really can help us because what i have found even for myself is when my hormones are more imbalanced i just feel better i function better i sleep better it's all these things because so you might be going through things and thinking what the hell is wrong with me and it could just be that your hormones are off so i just want to encourage you from one side and not just the women guys think it's all of us just see what's going on because sometimes that gets us some really nice relief that all these other practices can't get us like mindfulness and breathing, trying to be a good person and eat gluten free. Sometimes if we're out of whack, a lot of that isn't going to help. So if I could encourage you to get things checked out, support yourself fully and wholly and see what's going on. Uh, And beyond that, real sex, the act of sex, people are always so afraid to talk about it. I think if we're in relationships, How do we find the way to connect with our partner? I know we want it to act like it's not part of the thing, but I think it is. Um, How much you have and how often and where you have it and who you have it with, that's on you. But I think if you're in a situation with a partner, um, and believe me, as a female, in my 20s and early 30s, I always thought uh, I wanted to have sex when I felt like it. Which which often was not often, because I was tired, I was training, I was a professional athlete, you know, then you start adding kids and you're, you know, you don't feel sexy. It's all these things, but I have learned from Laird that if we can have a practice of sex and like, we're really basic, like we're not exotic people, but just kind of, there've been moments too where I, I can say like, Hey, I didn't really, I didn't really you know, I put it in quotes, I feel like it, but I always feel like connecting with him or I always feel like, you know, kind of giving him things that I know are, are important to him. And so I have learned through time that if you can make these windows consistently, it, it weirdly gets easier. It becomes really difficult when it becomes, it's that big gap and nobody's talking about it or one person wants it and one person doesn't know how and one person feels chased. This is a tough dynamic to get into. So can you have an open dialogue about it? And also can you kind of again it's it's not sexy, but having a strategy around connecting. However it works for you in your relationship. It's a tricky one. I wrote a book once and talked about like having a sex on a regular basis and people are like, you said that you have you know sex like you know, on every week in your book. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I don't know why it gets so weird. And and again, I'm not, you know, I used to do a podcast with Neil Strauss and um, I realized what a bore I was compared to, you know, some of the things that people are into. (laughs) I just, you know, it's like, get naked, connect. The last bucket is pain. And this, is, this has so many other meanings. Pain has so many, you know, emo- mental and emotional pain. And I think we're in a very painful, we've been in a really painful time and physical pain. People are walking around in a lot of discomfort. This is a hard one. And I often don't know where to start because I sometimes feel like my mental and emotional pain, I manage it better by feeling having energy and having perspective and all these things. So from my my kind of more um, brutish or kind of primal way that I approach it is I tend to intellectualize things after I've taken care and I've checked the boxes. So if I have this practice of trying to eat foods that support me, my energy, my homeostasis, My health, my, you know, cellular function, and I am trying to get rest and I'm moving my body. So I'm getting those right hits of hormones and I am properly tired at the end of the day to enhance that sleep. I do a personal check-in. How are my relationships? How are my practices? What things do I need to tweak? Who do I need to apologize to? Who do I need to confront? What things do I need to tighten up? If we go back to food, you know, there's a lot of data showing for women that fasting is not as beneficial as men. However, if we get loosey-goosey with our eating, maybe fasting is just a great tool to kind of pull the reins in. So those check-ins, so let's talk about pain. I use those personal check-ins to see where I'm really at. And I'm honest with myself. Like even if I'm irritated with a person but I'm honest about myself, if it's really more about something about me, or do I not even really want to be friends with this person or whatever it is, I'm honest. And that even means about my own bad behavior, whether it's, like I said, hey, I, I got to tighten this up or I haven't been getting to bed early enough or whatever it is. Do those check-ins and then maybe go, hey, where do you, th- where do you think that pain comes from? If it's mental and emotional, do I need to go talk to somebody? Um, is this something that I can actually take accountability for first? Because now we're also in a time where we're happy to just farm it out. You know, I, I, this triggers me and I have, you know, all this. I do think we have too many excuses. I'm not going to lie. I, I know I come from the generation of suck it up. So I think there's a place in between. I really do. But also understanding that sometimes just having shitty feelings is part of being a human being and they can pass and we can feel anxious and we can not feel good about ourselves or we, we can feel overwhelmed. So I think it's more about, Hey, check in. What do you think really, if it keeps coming up, can you go talk to somebody, but also are you doing everything you can to support yourself simultaneously? And this is where it's tricky, right? Cause if you don't feel good, you don't have the energy. You don't have the wherewithal to make those best decisions. So this for me is always the place that I'm interested in because it's where do I have to be responsible and where do I get to delegate this out and say, hey, I need help. So pain, this is very personal uh, and physical pain is also obviously very personal, but I do wanna encourage you first, what can you do? And then Hey, these other things, this is not working out for me. So again, going back to having a strategy. Because we can sit around and talk about it and complain, oh, my back hurts, my knee hurts. Cool. What are you doing about it? And also, who can help you? There's so many smart people out there in the in the field of, you know, is it traditional therapy? Is it actual physical therapy? There's a lot of talented people and resources. So with pain, I think We don't have to live in pain. Is suffering and being uncomfortable a part of life? A hundred percent. But I do think that if, you know, you feel like you're overwhelmed by things, either physically, emotionally, or both, could you get, could you ask for help? Because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that. Throughout our day, there's worry, there's stress, um, you know, I'm always physically have something, you know, going on because I move my body a lot and that's just part of it. But also, can you grab hold of it? Can you feel like you're in charge of it? Even the stuff that you're not, that you can't control that you don't understand, but that you feel like, hey, I'm doing something, I'm asking questions, I'm looking for help, I'm changing, I'm making changes in my habits, because that's the other thing is there's so many people that want to talk about all the suffering and the pain, and they don't change one thing. And it's that it's confusing, but it's, I don't think we can get out of it if we don't participate. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll sort of wrap it up by saying that you're important and taking care of yourself is also important because if you're going to be the best for yourself or the people around you or your community complaining is it's fine but it, it doesn't really change too much and so for example if there's things in your world that you don't like if you want to change them I think it first starts with you realizing that you're important your well-being is important both physically and and, you know, spiritually and emotionally, but then also participate in the solution and contribute because it feels a little bit like a lot of people are unhappy about the way certain things are, but there's more complaining or than sort of saying, oh, wait a second, I'm important, so let me get my shit together so I can also do some of the lifting to support the people in my house or in my community and be a part of making it different the way that I think it should be. And so I want to encourage you. Maybe it's been hard. I think COVID has kicked a lot of people's ass. It has isolated people. It has created teams that it's so weird to me. Um, You know, it's become like a zero sum game. Like we have to agree on everything or we agree on nothing and I I do think it's part of the overcorrection. I'm I'm hopeful that we're gonna move back to a a more kind of uh, nuanced world, just a little. But start with yourself. You know, Laird always says, if you can figure out how to make yourself happy, you know, that's that's a feat in itself. So I want to encourage you. That's really what I want to do. I want to encourage you to remind you that you are important enough and valuable enough to take care of. It's like that brand new car, Paul Chuck used to say it. He goes, people drive a Mercedes and then they go through the drive-through. Your house is clean, your nails are done, your laundry's folded, but you don't treat yourself as well. So I want to tell you that you're important. Can you take better care of yourself? And use these buckets. We, most of us have the answer really inside of us. We're either too lazy or we don't wanna deal with it and making change is hard. I'm right there with you. I battle it every single day. I fail all the time. And um, there's certain things that I swear I think I've been saying I would work on for 20 years. And I do a little bit, but probably not as much as I can. So I just want to wish you a happy holiday season. And don't wait for the new year. Start now. Start making those little, tiny little changes now. And when it seems overwhelming i do think the absurdity of it all you know like family is crazy come on like you know it's absurd when you go to the grocery store the, the stuff that they sell that they sell us is food it is kind of ridiculous so maybe with that it's like because you got to give yourself a break too it's like yeah you're there's some things we're fighting Um, I mean, we have a computer in our pocket that has everything in the world to distract us. So it's funny. And I know you can do it. Change is always possible. And um, I'm going to go with that. So I send you all love and power. Thank you for spending time with me on this one. And just remember to stay hopeful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. Stay tuned for a bonus episode coming this Thursday where I go deeper on one of the topics that really resonated with me. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at Gabby Reese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating and a comment. It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old.